0: 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. 365 365 Sports here on your Friday. Justin Williams of The Athletic uh, getting more and more assignments. Look, he was one of our Cincinnati guys early on, and now they're just Man, they're just sending you everywhere, Justin. You're on your way to uh, Miami for a and in Miami, which we will talk about before the interview is over. But a really fantastic and interesting column about Texas Tech, who has the one of the other biggest games of the weekend as they host Oregon and how they are banking big on you know their oil money and all these different things to guide them into the new era of college football. Uh, this had to be really interesting to kind of dive into and find out how they're doing it.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I've been reporting this story for a couple months, Mm -hmm. and kind of the crux of it is is Lubbock in West Texas sits kind of just north of this big region where Midland and Odessa are, people familiar with, you know, Texas obviously know that area. It's called the Permian Basin, which is the largest oil-producing field in America. And kind of production peaked in like the 1970s, and then it picked back up in recent years with some um, fracking and kind of different drilling that they figured out how to do and, it, you know, it just so happens that that's where a lot of Texas Tech fans and, and alumni kind of are in that area. And so as that area took off in the oil and gas industry, a lot of Texas Tech alumni has made a bunch of money down there. One of them, or two of them, were guys who run Double Eagle Energy Holdings, Cody Campbell and John Seller. They're actually former Texas Tech players uh, who, who were there under Mike Leach back in the early 2000s. And they've kind of become two of the, the biggest donors. They, they basically run the – the NIL Collective down there, the Matador Club, they put in a bunch of money. They're redoing that south end zone. They're building a new uh, training facility. It's going to be the largest contiguous training facility when it's done before next year. And so, you know, honestly, it's, it's just a big investment being made, you know, similar to what we've seen at like Texas A&M and, and Texas there in the past in that state. And uh, so it's just kind of a, a big picture look at, at all the things that are going on at Tech with the new Big 12, them kind of trying to make a push. Unfortunately, timing-wise, they couldn't take care of business against Wyoming last mm-hmm. week, which didn't necessarily help um, kind of the marketing of the article, but it's really a big-picture article and kind of one that looks at what Texas Tech is trying to do moving years into the future.
0: Well, look, when Joey McGuire went there, like he's not a guy who, and we know him well from his time here and his time as a high school coach, but... Uh, he's not a guy who ever sees disadvantages as, a, like, a real thing. You know, like, the, no, like nobody's going to convince him that West Texas is a disadvantage. And if you look at what tech, if they're going to put money into facilities and NI and all that, uh, they, the only disadvantage that they do have is the fact that it is a very remote place. Like, when you go to school out in Lubbock, you don't just take weekend trips to Dallas or, or Oklahoma City or wherever. You're like, it's hard to, like make those things to like pop in and go other places. You're kind of committed to being in Lubbock. So is this one of those things that they, they they have to do in the modern era of college football, but something if they really want to be contenders long-term that they have to do to combat really what would be one of the few weaknesses to going out to Texas tech.
1: Yeah. I had never been to Lubbock before. So when I was kind of working on this story, I was like, well, should I just fly into Dallas and, and drive out there? And, Anyone who had ever been to Texas was like, no, don't you know, don't, don't ever make that drive from, from Dallas to Lubbock. It's like four and a half hours of nothingness. Um, but you're right. It, that's always kind of been, uh, you know, I guess, the, the thing that's used against Texas Tech and Lubbock, right? It's, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And it's not as easy to get to as some of the other big universities in Texas. You're right that Joey McGuire, like, he has really kind of been the uniter for the— you know, rejuvenated boosters who have made a lot of money in oil and gas down there and are really kind of buying back into the program. Uh, And so I think he's he's kind of made that point, which is like, we're not going to make the excuse that we're kind of outstuck here. There is a, a nice airport in Lubbock. You know, once you get there, it's pretty easy to get around. But I think the sense is they want to bring people into Texas Tech who want to be there. And historically, when Texas Tech has been good, especially under Mike Leach, it's been kind of finding those underrated, underdeveloped in-state kids, bringing them out there, you know, having them in the program for four or five years and then being able to go out and maybe upset a a Texas or an Oklahoma at times, things like that. And so I think they wanted to kind of get back to that basis, that mentality. And it's a little bit easier to do that when you can say, Hey, all of our football players, 120 of them, scholarship or non-scholarship, get a base $25,000 through our NIL collective every year, which is what they do. Um, and if you're a better player, there's probably a chance you might get, end up getting a little bit more than that. And they want to have some of the best facilities in the country. So all the things that have kind of been used against Texas Tech in the past as a negative, they're trying to combat that with this new influx of investment and money. And, uh, and like you said, you know, there's, there's kind of this new age of the Big 12 where there's an opening with Texas and Oklahoma leaving for different universities to step up. And right now with the investment and with the excitement about Joey McGuire, like Texas Tech feels that they have an, an avenue to, to be that team that steps up.
0: Well, uh, and l- as the season started for them last week, no team but maybe Texas rolled into the season with more hype as the, you know, a- a- the potential to win the Big 12, and Texas lives in hype. You know, that's what they are. <laughs> but Tech had – just so much uh, going into this is the team that, you know, is going to be the next one who hasn't won the conference that pops up and wins it. You know, TCU Baylor, you know, or I guess Kansas State Baylor, you know, that, that nobody expects. And, of course, people started to kind of expect it after, man, they were talked about and talked about and talked about. And then last week uh, they go out hot start in Wyoming. And then and then kind of the, you know, the car stalled for a little while and they lose So how does that change your perspective of Tech as they go in this week against Oregon, who fears no one right now?
1: Yeah, well, they hung 81 points. I realized it was Portland State, but 81 points is 81 points. Um, Yeah, like, you know, I think if you're looking at that schedule and you're a Tech fan early in the season, you're like, well, kind of a weird, tough road game at Wyoming and then Oregon at home. Let's just get out of there one and one. Now there's a lot of pressure on them with Oregon coming in. I think they're a touchdown um, underdog in that game at home I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere it's, you know prime time game there in Lubbock but there's a lot more pressure once you start owing to all those good vibes and excitement that they had ex- expectations coming into the season you know they start to feel a little bit different and uh, maybe so that excitement wanes a little bit and that was also something about the article is like there's a bunch of money being put into this program right that they have high expectations for the future but as we've seen in the past at other universities, you mentioned Texas, which might be a good example, like money does not guarantee you win. NIL money doesn't guarantee you go into Wyoming and win. Uh, brand-new facility and nice locker rooms doesn't mean you're going to win conference championships or, or go to the playoff. So they're kind of doing the one side of it where they're putting the investment in, they're, they're putting the money into the program. They feel like they have the right coach in Joey McGuire, but none of that stuff guarantees success. So it'll be interesting to see over the course of the next you know, five years or so if some of those investments they're making and some of the changes they've made with Joey McGuire and his staff have actually started to pay off on the field.
0: And this is a huge weekend for them all off the field too. They've got Phil Knight's coming in, Adidas <laughs> is coming in, and Under Armour is going to be there trying to negotiate their, their apparel rights. Like there's a lot of juice around Lubbock, Texas right now that did not exist even three years ago. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and again, that's I think you see that reflected in some of the investment um, and, and alignment they have uh, under Julian McGuire with their boosters and with their administration. Uh, yeah, you mentioned, you know, I, I think part of the the hook for the athletic that was interesting for this week was they're, they're playing Oregon, which is another you know team that's been really impacted by money and some some big money boosters and, and Phil Knight and Nike. Uh, but again. None of that stuff guarantees success, so this would be a you know a huge opportunity for them to kind of make a statement, but even on a smaller scale with this season, you know I feel like with all those expectations they had coming into this year, it would be really tough and kind of a, a deflating moment for them to, to go out and start 0-2, so I'm curious to see how they play down there in Lubbock tomorrow.
0: Justin, you're on your way to Miami for A&M and, and, and Miami. Uh, both teams... Uh, needed a reboot after Miami needs a a 20-year reboot. Uh, A&M just uh, basically wanted to get back to their stable eight and four at least uh, and hopefully start to make some headway paying their coach as much as they are into actually winning the SEC. Uh, Last week, both of them had excellent offensive showings where that wasn't the case for either team a year ago. Uh, Does Miami have the horses to hang with A&M for four quarters?
1: I, that's what I'm interested to see. You know, you remember that game last year where the two of them played, I think A&M won 17-9, right? It was, it was kind of an ugly game, and that was before the wheels really fell off for, for A&M and Miami for both teams, honestly. This year, both teams have new offensive coordinators. Obviously, a, a bunch was made about Jim bringing in Bobby Petrino, um, but there was definitely some a lot of overhaul on the staff there. Um, with Mario Cristobal down in Miami. And so both of them you mentioned played well, looked good against teams they should beat in week one. Week two, I feel like it's going to be you know kind of a tipping point game for a lot of people. Whoever wins this game, that fan base is going to feel like, all right, we're back, we're on the right direction, we've made the changes that we need to make. And then if you're the team that loses it, now all of a sudden you're kind of just, feel like you're back where you were last season and and you're, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and thinking, like, all right, are are we good enough to do all the things that we want to do? Um, You know, Jimbo's obviously a little bit deeper into his tenure, but both those places have so much pressure from a head coaching standpoint. Uh, I think this is a huge game for both teams because whoever wins is going to feel much, much better. And the fan base is going to feel much, much better about their prospects this season than the
0: other. How do you feel about Texas and Bama? Can Texas go in there and get Steve Sarkeesian's first real signature win? You know, I've
1: said this about Texas, you know, all off season, you mentioned the hype they're getting. I want to see it first. Like, this just feels to me, and maybe I'll be wrong, as, like, Nick Saban, you know, the uh, reports of my death were greatly exaggerated. I just feel like Alabama's, you know, I know they're at home, I know they're the hiring team, and they're the favorite. But with all that hype Texas had coming into this season, I think a lot of it was built around they're going to go in and, and beat Alabama And to me, it just feels like, you know, Nick Saban's going to have that smirk after the game, like telling us, I told you so without having to say it. Uh, But, you know, if I'm wrong, then I think that you can maybe start a little bit more of that Texas hype and start talking about them winning the Big 12 and and being a playoff team. But for me, I got to see him go out and do it before I'm really going to buy it.
0: Justin Williams of The Athletic with us here on 365 Sports. Justin, great stuff. Enjoy Miami. Appreciate you guys. Love coming on. Uh, Thanks for having me on today. All right. Justin Williams.